Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show, and listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Tuesday. Give us a call. We're going to talk some sports, a lot going on in the sports world, kind of bouncing all over. 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com. Uh, check out our, some of our great shows. We just had a Hall of Fame interview with Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson. That's up there. And um, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Facebook. Ray, we got to talk March Madness, the conference tournaments beginning, NBA, some stuff going down. But right now, the NFL Combine just wrapped up, and free agency tampering period begins right now today. And officially, they can sign deals, official deals, March 9th at 4 p.m. You know, it always makes me think of the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. <laughs> Shout out to Cannabis, talking about Notorious B.I.G. But I want to ask you, how impressed were you? Because I think what we saw from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday with this NFL Combine might have been not only the most talented group of just athletes in 10 years. It might be, you know, you, you go back to the 2011 draft, it's so great. But these guys broke all type of records for jumps and, and, and 40s and everything. The athletes were insane. And how about shout out to John Ross, 4.22. Is he the, the fastest man alive, Ray, or what? Wearing an NFL uniform, does that help him? Did well, he get until, more money? Until, you, until Usain Bolt comes and plays football, <laughs> Bob Hay, bullet Bob Hay style, then John Ross uh, is, looks like he's the fastest skeetster out there. Um, does him. it help him? Probably. You know, I've always said this, that – I'm almost about throwing out the combine. Just give me more game tape because I want to see how these guys do on the football field. But we know that NFL execs, and it's human nature, they get excited by the combine and by the physical attributes that these guys show. So I have to say this. I really want to see this this class in five years to see if they oh, have yeah. football skills because it's undeniable that this class is the most physically talented and gifted class of incoming NFL players we've ever seen because some of the stuff that these guys were doing. I mean, did you see Miles Jarrett jump at 41 inches at 272 pounds? That's, uh, Ross that's beyond the, the The receivers last year were relatively slow, and you had a crazy amount of receivers running, you know, under sub 445s. Uh, so this this group was unbelievable. I hope their football skill catches up to their you know physical talent. But gosh, was it exciting to see these guys? I mean, the football it's well the kid from UConn, so athletic Obey um, uh, Mabawe or whatever he he was so impressive that I mean, and he's not even like ranked at the top five corners. This guy's like a tall, long six four, you know, running 
below four five or four five and jumping eleven two in the broad jump, setting a record. I mean, it's it is insane. And look at even the running backs, Christian McCaffrey, the way he was catching, he was better than wide receivers. Um, are you concerned? And his numbers too. You saw in the running back category, his forty, his shuttle, his. I mean, he was oh, incredible. I, but are you concerned about the strength? That's what I was going to ask you. And can he handle between the tackles in the NFL? Only, you know, 10, uh, you know, two, 225, 10 times. But do you think he's going to be – can he hold up? Is he strong enough? So that's the question. You look at a guy in San Diego like Danny Woodhead. And Christian McCaffrey is much healthy. more talented. Christian McCaffrey is much more talented than Danny Woodhead. Um, Woodhead but, never stay healthy yet. Yeah, that's the issue. Danny Woodhead, when he's on the field, makes plays. He gets you first downs. He's a nightmare matchup on linebackers out of the backfield, but he'll give you six, seven, eight, nine games a year, and that's it. So, you know, and remember, Christian McCaffrey sat out. He got hurt, and he sat out the bowl game. Now, I don't know if he did that to prepare for the draft or if he had an underlying. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He wanted so, to you know oh, what oh. I mean? I'm always scared about these guys. But you know what? He's so talented that if he lands in your kind of draft sweet spot, I think you have to take him. And you just have to use him in a way like Darren Sproles gets used, in a way that Danny Woodhead gives you, Deion Lewis. I mean, you need to find oh, a, a way to get these. Nobody does exp- it better than Belichick. It's totally a matchup league. Look at James White in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, this guy, and, and you can't tell me that this guy can't create matchup problems all over the field in space, in the slot, you know, out of the backfield. So he'll be a talented addition to any team. The question is, is that at 10, 15, or 20 plays a game? Right. How impressed were you with Jabril Peppers, Ray? Because to me, I think he helped his draft status. Um, there are questions because he didn't have that many interceptions at Michigan, you know, whether he could play corner or does he have to go play free safety, but because he played linebacker this year to help the team, the combine made him go as a linebacker and work out. So not only did he do that, then the next day he comes back and does the, the drills and the, the secondary guys first time ever in combine history. Anybody's ever done that. The kid was, um, I, I don't know. I was really impressed. And I think he's, I think he's just a player. I think he's a free safety. But to me, Jabril Peppers can help you day one, kick returns, punt returns, and free safety. And if you want to throw him on some trick plays on offense, he could do that too. That kid is a top 20 pick guaranteed first round, right? Yeah, and and there's no doubt about it, right? And he is a safety. He says he's a safety. He's the opposite of Brian Erlacher, right? Erlacher played safety and then just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, played linebacker in the pros, and he's the opposite. He plays linebacker in the pros or in college and plays safety in the pros. He'll be, like you say, a great addition. I hope he doesn't play often just because the NFL is too hard to begin with. So maybe four or five years into his career he can do like Dion did and play a few plays on offense. But let's not get crazy. Let's put him on special teams. It's fine but let's keep him on defense. This guy's a heck of a defensive player. Let him master his craft and then worry about offense. <laughs> you, you don't want the young fellas spreading themselves too thin, huh, right? No, no. So, listen, you know, the combine was great. We all know Miles Jarrett, the Browns should not mess this up, and he should be the number one pick. Let's move on to free agency. 
Um, obviously, you know, there'll be some signings in the next couple of hours probably, but everything will be official on Thursday afternoon. Uh, they opened up the window today, I believe, at 1 p.m. or 12 p.m. Eastern. But the Cleveland Browns and Niners are one and two. They've got the most picks. I forgot what other teams are up there with them. But at the same time, they also have the most money. So they, those two teams can improve so quickly this season if they play it right. With $102 million, and let's say, I think, 12 or 13 draft picks and then for the Browns. And then the Niners at $93 million, which is second, and then another 12 or 13 draft picks. For you, what would be your best strategy? Would you sprinkle in three, let's say, three or four key free agents, um, and they don't have to be big money? Or do you go in there and try to get, you know, two of the best, you know, an Alshon Jeffrey and a Calais Campbell, and then, you know, sprinkle in, you know, like veteran minimums? Like, what do you think they need to do? Because obviously they're going to bring in a bunch of rookies. But veteran-wise in free agency, if you're Cleveland GM, you're Sachi Brown, (laughs) or you're John Lynch, how are you attacking the next 48 hours? So, first of all, you love to have the flexibility. So that's always a good thing. But I would say realistically those teams are terrible, and they'll probably be bad for the next few years. So to me, your goal is not to win seven games, eight games with people that you can get a year or two or three out of. Let the teams that are on the verge, so the the Packers and the Vikings and the Giants and teams that are kind of borderline, you know, maybe Redskins to make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. Let them go after the, the high-priced free agent that's only going to be there, be there for a year or two. To me, I think you start thinking about the foundation, especially if you're the Niners. Look, the Browns are just they have issues, right? Um, but but think about both of them and what division they're in, right? The Steelers just physical. locked down <laughs> Brown, right, and Bell, and that they're physical. And you know the Ravens are physical, so you got to get pretty physical in the AFC North. The other thing is Ben Roethlisberger eventually is going to you know slow down or break down, as it were. So the, the Steelers will be good for a while. The Ravens are still going to be better than, than you for a while. So those are the two teams you're looking up at. So you got to take a five-year approach, a three-year approach, I should say, if you're Cleveland. San Francisco, even more than that, because you got to figure Seattle, L.A., and uh, – who's that? Arizona. Seattle, Seattle, L.A., and Arizona, right? Other than Carson mm-hmm. Palmer. I guess Carson Palmer and Fitzgerald are getting old, right? But those those teams have you have you kind of boxed in. So to me, in some ways, it's perfect to play the long game, right? You don't need to go out there and try to win this year or next year. You want to win in three years. You want to be young. You want to be ready to go. So yes, you bring in free agents, but only free agents that do one or two things. Either they're in, they're on their second contract, so in their you know kind of mid to late twenties. Or they're great locker room players. So if you've got a, a player that you know is an unbelievable vet, can teach the position, can help other people, that's the kind of guy you, you, you go out and get. So don't just spend the money to spend the money. I'm not saying be cheap and put a terrible product out there, but I'm saying take a long-term approach because you're not going anywhere in that division. You're going to finish last. Both of those teams are going to finish last in their division for the next two, if not three years. 
So take this time to, to, to reset. Press the reset button and build a new foundation. Well, the, the question is, where do you go first at quarterback? Because, honestly, the conversation is that Shanahan and Lynch are in love with Cousins. And to me, if that's the case, it makes sense to go get Cousins because you can, you know, what are you going to do with 11, 13 draft picks? You know, some of those guys will make the team, some won't. So to me, if you can go ahead and move a pick and whatever else and potentially bring in a quarterback because the Niners have no quarterback and then you got to think about the Browns who are rumored for Glennon or Jay Cutler or whatever, you know, what's the answer? Tyrod Taylor is the answer. Go ahead in the draft or go ahead and get a quarterback because honestly, we, everyone knows the quarterback class for next year with the Washington quarterback with Sam Darnold. The, that is, and, uh, and also the kid from UCLA, Seth Rosen, it's a better quarterback class. This class, it, it's honestly, when you looked at all the talent on the field, it made you realize, number one, Watson is probably the head of the class, but that if these three quarterbacks go in the first round, that it is a complete reach because talent-wise, wow, the tight ends, Ingram from Ole Miss was off the charts, him and O.J. Howard. And, and the defense was hurt. Line, and it, the secondary, the I mean, so this year, offensive line and quarterback, I mean, they probably don't even deserve to be first round picks, but there there will always be some. But for me, if I'm Cleveland, do I want Watson or do I go ahead and take Garrett at one, which you have to, and then at twelve, if Watson's there, I'll take him. If not, maybe I just sign, you know, go at RG three and Kessler. And wait till next year and continue to build my team all the way around. You know what I mean? Because that's a better way to go because Cleveland knows they're not winning this year. Don't take a quarterback you're not in love with. You know, yeah, that's what I would that's do. been, you know, and ever since they lowered or put a cap, I should say, on the, on the price of those first-round picks. Right, it's moved those quarterbacks up too much. Even more, even more kind of affordable to take in the first round. So, to me, you definitely have to really like a quarterback to take him in the first round. And I agree with you 100%. I think that Cleveland has so many needs that you got to build up the roster and then double down on the quarterback you think is the man. Now, if you think Deshaun Watson is the man, go get him. I'm not sure he is, especially not at 12. So, to me, I 100%, use those picks to build the roster and then next year – you get yourself a quarterback, or you, you you make a move and get yourself somebody in free agency. So would you like to, would you like to see the Oakland Raiders go go in and try to get a Brandon Marshall and or an Adrian Peterson? They might not re-sign Latavius Murray or maybe a Jamal Charles, a team like that that, that is very close. Yes, if the chemistry doesn't get disrupted. You know what I mean? They have a good thing going. They're young, especially on offense at the skill positions. Um, I wanted Latavius Murray to have a real breakout season, and he kind of did, and he kind of didn't. So I can understand why they'd be a little disappointed. Um, Adrian Peterson, you got to figure out where his mind's at, right? If, if Adrian's like, look, I'm all about winning a championship, and if I run the ball 15, 20 times, I'm okay with that. If, you know, Amari Cooper and David Carr are the real superstars and I'm the guy that, you know, I'm not the has-been, but I'm the guy that rushes for 1,000 yards instead of 1,500 yards. I'm okay with that. So if, if Adrian's head is right, then I'd love to get Adrian Peterson. 
Um, in terms of Brandon Marshall, I don't think they're, they're going to go to Alshon Jeffrey, but in terms of Brandon Marshall, right, to me also he's a nice addition. But they have Crabtree and Cooper. So I think that – that um, He's rumored to the Patriots as well. Maybe the Pats might take a spin at him. Yeah, why not? I mean, think about it. You know, a big <laughs> possession. He's the exact opposite of what they have when they put Julian Edelman out there. And even Hogan, he's a bigger guy, but he's more of a speed guy. So Edelman, Hogan, uh, you know, Amendola, these guys move the chains. Right. Because well, they're, Marshall they're small great and because they're not going to – they can't afford to re-sign Martellus Bennett. He wants $9 million a year. So Bennett will probably be gone. And, you know, if you could put Marshall with Grunk, it's, you know, it's almost like putting a tight end because Marshall's such a big receiver. That would be fascinating to see. I'd like to see Tampa try to get somebody. Vincent Jackson is a free agent. He's older. They probably won't bring him back. Mike Evans needs help. Why don't they jump in and try to get Alshon Jeffrey to really take that Tampa offense to Ooh. another level? Could you imagine? Now, Vincent, Vincent Jackson's a big receiver, but he's been banged up, and he, he's not the same. Yeah. But could you imagine – if you lined up Mike Evans at 6'5", and Alshon Jeffries at 6'6", at the two receiver spots, wow. Uh, if you're a defensive back that at 5'10", you know, yeah, 190, that, and you got to come up with one of those two guys? Uh, you know, with all the nice. in the world. Listen, it's, it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll talk more about, you know, free agency. We'll see where these guys go. Definitely talk about it on Friday. You know, we also have a special guest on Friday, so we'll get into it, but Ray, it's March Madness time. We got to start looking at these tournaments. Um, look, Selection Sunday is is this Sunday, so it's exciting. It's coming. the The final top twenty five would, you know, basically Kansas, Villanova, UCLA, Gonzaga. Do you think at the end of the day, um, look, Gonzaga, the Zags are in their uh, conference tournament final tonight against St. Mary's. But for the other three, Kansas, Villanova, UCLA, do you think these four will be the four number one seeds come Sunday, Selection Sunday? Well, look. Or does the ACC camp, North Carolina, potentially interrupt it? The winner of the ACC, and if it's North Carolina, right? If anybody else, I don't think Louisville gets a number one. I don't think Duke gets a number one. I don't think, obviously, Virginia doesn't get a number one. So none of those guys get a number one. But if Carolina runs the table and UCLA, even if they win, but let's say they lose uh, and it's to an Oregon or a Baylor, I mean, uh, sorry, an Oregon or an Arizona. Oregon or Arizona, yeah. I probably think North Carolina would, would jump them? I, I think so. I think so. Because of the strength of schedule, because people just Pac-12 could have three. The Pac-12 could have three number two seeds. Could you imagine? I don't know well, if that's ever happened. Probably, probably one of them will lose. Obviously, you know, only two of them could play in the finals. So one would lose in the semi. Oh, the third one might, so might go down. That like would be a three. Arizona. Yeah, go down to a three. Wow, that would be wild. You could have one, two, three, or you could have two, two, three. That, that's, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, look, I think the tournament's wide open. Obviously, you know, there's a cream of the crop, but – you're looking to me, eight, eight to twelve teams can go to the final four easily, maybe more. I mean, you look at right now a fourteen ranked Duke team with uh, you know Frank Jackson going and 
Grayson Allen got to stay healthy and consistent, Luke Kennard and, and Tatum, they easily can make the final four and they might easily be a number three seed, you know? So. Talent wise, they could be a one or a two. And that, think about that. If they're a four or a five, yeah. you don't want to face them. You don't want to face <laughs> them on the second day. You know what I mean? That's like, oof. If you're a four seed and you got to face, uh, and you got to face them in a four-five no. matchup, even even if you're a one seed, you don't want to face Duke. No, no, no. We have a lot of Big Ten fans that listen to our show, and you know, obviously Purdue's thirteen. And then they've got Wisconsin and Maryland at 24 and 25. But does the Big Ten have any hope this year of getting even, you know, one of those three, whether even if you threw in, a, you know, a, a Northwestern or a Michigan State First or Michigan? All, I hope Northwestern makes it, man. It's no, no, they're going to make the tournament. Long gonna, road and yeah, they deserve they're, they're it. They're knocking bad. on the door. They're probably a seven seed, I think, maybe an eight seed, but they're in. I think that they're they're solid in. But the question is, do you think that they have any Sweet Sixteen team? Can Purdue make a run? Can Wisconsin and Maryland make a run? And Michigan State. Yeah, they've been playing well as of late. Michigan Frankly, State. right. Only because Tommy is the coach, you know, and only because. You only got to win two games, right? So your first game, let's say, is a relatively easy one. Uh, it's that second game that you got to win. So it's two in a weekend. I tell you what, the Big Ten, just statistically, right, they'll have so many teams. The Big Ten will get a Sweet 16 or two. But I tell you, I don't even know who it would be, right? I'd say Purdue just because they have the most balanced roster and obviously with the big men up front, oh, they give you a matchup yeah. problem. Uh, Wisconsin past five years have been one of the top five, six, seven teams in college basketball. Michigan State has Tom Izzo, and he always plays tough, and he's a tough out in the tournament. You know, Trimble's got a ton of experience now, and, and Justin Jackson over in Maryland. Yeah, and Dodd. They got some talent. Nobody stands out, though. No, You're not scared of Big Ten teams. Big Ten teams. No, you're right. It's it's going to be fascinating. I think we're in, in store for a good tournament. You'd like to see this is the year where a Gonzaga team can finally make it to the Final Four. Um, I know a lot of people and their alumni and their former players have been wanting that, you know, and um, this might be their year, you know. Um, they, they've got the talent. If they don't make it this year, Ray, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. I, I really believe that. Um, you know, I, I think – they can do it. And the tournament makes stars. You know, this might be the time where, you know, Alonzo Ball, who's already becoming a star, um, you know, one's up, ha- you know, maybe he has one of those magical tournament runs. Uh, maybe it's, you know, the Kentucky kids, Fox and Monk. I think it'll be fascinating to see because just like the NFL, this NBA draft, a lot of talent, which, you know, which group or which one of these young kids decides to say hey I'm that next dude and I'm going to lead my team you know to the final four I I would like to see that happen that would be entertaining you know you're right and the thing is with this one and done era very few teams have experience that's why Carolina is one of those few teams that has a ton of experience on the roster 
And what that leads to is one and done unpredictable zero. tournament. Oh, yeah. Right? Who knows? Who knows who's going to step up? Who knows who's going to advance to the Final Four, the Sweet 16 Final Four, and even to the championship? It's wild. So let, yeah, no. So let's let's end it with the NBA and, and uh, our segment, You're Not Ready. Haven't done that in a while. Uh, Bogut plays 58 seconds, Ray, for um, <laughs> the Cavaliers. You know, him and Darren Williams joined the team, and he's hurt, broke the tibia. I felt so bad for the guy. I mean, you know, we talked off air about it, and he can never stay healthy. But it felt like it was deflating for the whole Cavalier franchise. Like, they got Bogut and Williams and Derek Williams, and, you know, their guys are going to come back healthy. And it finally felt like they're going to defend their title and they're going to win it. And then Bogut getting hurt, does that tip things back in the favor of the Golden State in your mind? Or are we still are we still kind of a big giant question mark? And is Kawhi Leonard making his stamp after what he did again last night? I mean, this guy, Kawhi is, I mean, you've always been, that's your guy. I got to give it to you. But he's, he's, he's starting to get in that other echelon where he's like, I want to be in that top five conversation best players in the league what, what do you think what's going on with with the Warriors Spurs and Cavs so 100% about Kawhi 100% agree about Kawhi you know he is slightly slightly less explosive than Kobe Bryant but he's one of these guys that's a freakish athlete who developed his game so beautifully and now is a, is a 40% three-point shooter, a 90% free-throw shooter, and is a shut-down, crazy athletic defender. You know, he, he's, his trajectory is He can defend the one, two, and three. And, and the four. If he yeah. is, especially in today's day, right, because most of these fours are not, you know, not Charles Oakley and, and Anthony Mason <laughs> rest in peace out there. And, and um, so he, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. He's top five, top three player in the league. You know, I told you, man, I, you know, people might think I'm crazy, but I said even years ago, I'm like, if I want to win a championship, I'm thinking I'm taking him over Durant. Um, you know, so that puts him right behind, right behind LeBron. Uh, you know, he, he's, so he's awesome. Because Durant has had such a great season this year. This he has, year. and give him credit. He stepped up yeah. with one weakness, which was defense, and, and, and he's and plugging he's, that hole now. He's not the defender Kawhi is, but no, uh, he's no. a little more explosive on offense. But he's, he's even been blocking bit. shots for the Warriors this year. I mean, well, I hope so. He's six eleven with a crazy. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, no, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's weird that he joins the best team in the league in a sense. Yeah. And he's been the best player on the best team that went seventy three and nine last year. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's how good Durant. But, Right, but but back to the Cavs, though. You know, easy come, easy go. Uh, Bogut wasn't really an integral part of the team, so by not having him, no big deal. You know what I mean? They're going to have to win without him. He wasn't right, but maybe the guy now they have to sign a Larry Cavs. Sanders or somebody as insurance just in case something happens to Thompson. You know, they got right. rid of Birdman. They have no size on their bench. They have to sign somebody. Who is their JaVale McGee? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they bring back Anderson Varejao. I mean, that's what people are saying. Oh, how funny would that be? Where if he goes like a yo-yo from the Warriors, yeah, back to the, and forth. The Cavs to the Warriors to the Cavs. 
Yeah, uh, no. But no, it's, it's heating up, man. And then did you see last night with Harden and, and Leonard going at it and, and blocking his shot at the end of the game? It's two oh, incredible. MVP candidates. That, that was playoff basketball right there. That was beautiful. Yeah, the Rockets, though, you got to foul. Like, they, I don't know. They, sometimes I feel like mentally, D'Antoni teams, there's always something missing. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, they play a 97% game. I don't know. D'Antoni <laughs> team. No, I'm serious, man. Like, even that great Phoenix team, like, they could never get over the hump because they couldn't close possessions. And do you know what I mean? Well, like, that's what happens when you're an offensive-oriented team with run and gun and, 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 you know, shoot within seven to ten seconds. I feel like fundamentals are not there for playoff basketball, which is a totally different game. Yeah, no, I agree. So I would just say this real quick. Honestly, I made these bold predictions last year. I'm going to have to do it again because Isaiah Thomas for the Boston Celtics, to me, you're not ready for him to lead the Boston Celtics with 29.5 points a game. He is going to end up leading the Celtics, and no Celtic has ever done this, scoring 30 points a game. He'll probably be fifth in the MVP voting but he is going to lead them to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavaliers and take them to seven games. They will lose, but Isaiah Thomas and the Boston Celtics, you are not ready for what Isaiah Thomas is about to do, right? You know what? I'll stick in the Eastern Conference, and I'll say you're not ready for the re, re-emergence of Paul George. I think this guy's ready. Uh-oh. I think he, he's got his, his, his thugs up front. He's got his, his running mates. It's not his most talented team, but I think that they're young and athletic, and he's now comfortable being the guy, and I think he, he goes into fourth and fifth gear in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if he takes down. The, if they Right now they're in the sixth seed. If they, if they move up, and uh, you don't want to be four or five because then you've got to meet Cleveland, but if you stay in six and you get to get the Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics, I wouldn't be surprised if the Indiana Pacers go to NBA, to the Eastern Conference Finals led by one Paul George. Don't I love on my all-around game. I love it. Paul George, PG-13, baby. PG-13. <laughs> oh, man. That's fun. It's going to be fun. And you know what's so funny? We both could be wrong, and it could be all about the Wizards. <laughs> Well, Bo- that'd Boyan. be fun too, you know. Because Boy- we love that Bogdanovich, baby. <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich, man. You have to get your Bogdanovich him. jersey. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, great show. It's gonna be fun watching the free agency. I love it. You know, I, I just hope the Jets. I hope the Jets get Tyrod Taylor right. I really want to get someone with talent at quarterback. I'm so tired of the Jets sucking. So that, that's my that's my dream. Well, on that note, let's uh, <laughs> let's wish for the best. Free agency, let it go, let it ride. Let it ride. We'll be back on Friday to talk. We got an NBA guest and should have be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All you Knicks fans, you'll, you'll you'll enjoy it. So we'll talk to you Friday. Have a great sports week and uh, enjoy the the spring weather. It's coming. <laughs> oh.